Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, presented by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, UPL must have heard us talking shit because he has turned in back-to-back impressive performances and wins over the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. The Sabres have won four in a row now and have outscored opponents at a rate of 18-6. to UPL and Anderson both have had back-to-back wins in this stretch. Chase Thompson is now third in the NHL in points, second in goals, and the Sabres now sit just four points out of a playoff spot. Big things happening here, Taylor. Your thoughts on this recent stretch? I like it. I got to say, I honestly, I'm I'm a pretty big fan. So this is, since we started the podcast and even before the podcast, it's been pretty rare for me to miss two Sabres games in a row, like almost unheard of, uh, mostly because I don't, what else am I going to do with my life? I watch every Sabres game, even when they, when they've been bad, of course, I'm going to watch them when they're good. Some a rare set of circumstances led to me m- missing the live version quote unquote, of the the last two games. One of those circumstances is I was at the Bills game on Saturday night. It was a thumbs up, great time. The other one is Monday. Uh, your your boy Taylor did not feel good. And this is the, probably the first time this has happened since I was a baby. I went to sleep before the start of a Sabres game. Good God. I know. So that's that's a not necessary aside in my life, but just a way of me saying that, although I didn't watch those games, uh, I did catch... A decent amount. I, I forgot which replay I watched. But anyway, I looking into everything uh, with the Vegas game, that is a game that people are going to say the Sabres don't deserve. And I'm here to tell you they do deserve it. Yes, they got outshot like crazy. Yes, Vegas had way better chances. 100% controlled the run of play outside of like a seven-minute stretch where the Sabres scored three goals and had a Sabres goalie that hadn't been known for standing on his head. He stood on his head. However. Here's the thing. The Sabres have lost a ton of one-goal games this year. Not a ton of one-goal games, but they've lost close this year. Lost close in one big. That's bad luck. That's how you end up with uh, one of the best point or goal differentials in the East, I believe 10th in the NHL at the, the moment we're speaking, and you're not sitting in a playoff spot. That's annoying. But wins like we had on Monday night against Vegas, that's a way to kind of turn things around. Now looking also at Saturday's game, Hey, I mean, it's nice to be clearly the better team, right? It's been not a lot of that going on in the past uh, decade. So 
it's really nice. And to be not even <laughs> not even joking because this sounds like such a low bar to be above 500 at Christmas and to have a real good shot at going into the new year above 500. It's pretty nice. There isn't some eight. Well, they what did they start this year? Seven and three. But there isn't mm-hmm. an eight one and one start, for example, that they immediately collapsed out of. There isn't a 10 game win streak you can you can. Uh, look back on, and I think those are the only two times in the last ten years that they've been above uh, 500 heading into the new year. Well, and we'll say this too. So the Sabers now, for those listening at home, sit through 32 games at 16, 14, and two, and their next two games coming up before the end of the year. As when we'll get into this after, was recently announced that the game against Tampa on Friday has been postponed due to the impending storm, but. Those last two games that they have, Taylor, before the end of 2022 are against Columbus and Detroit, two extremely winnable games. And we all know what happened the last time they played Columbus. So maybe Tage will go for the double hat trick in that game. But it's <laughs> it, it, it is a very realistic possibility that, as you had said, coming into 2023, being above 500, I don't know if you could find one Sabres fan that if you would have told them, going into this season that at the new year, the Sabres would be above 500, that they would not be ecstatic over it. And I think that that reaction is warranted in this instance. When you look at, again, the ups and downs that they've they've really been able to overcome, yes, they got off to that good start. But I think what's been really most promising for me, and I think that this is in a way a testament to not only the guys who are stepping up, but also Granado. Like I, we have for sure both of us are fair share of criticisms of Granado but one thing that I will say that has worked out in his favor is that sometimes it may take him a little bit sometimes it doesn't but he's good at feels like at correcting issues like he doesn't just like sit on something when something's going poorly and it's a lot of times it could just be the little adjustments I mean Christ remember what was it a month ago we were like all losing our minds over how pitiful the power play was and now we're up into the top half of the league when it comes to our power play production so it's little things like that. It's it's tweaking the lines to be able to find this nice balance that you have in the top six now. Um, of course, with the emergence of the second line of Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn, it's being able to know how to make some adjustments on the def- in the defensive end in terms of like coverage and also just for what it's worth too in terms of some of the, the pairings and the matchups too and the deployment for that matter as well. So it, it's really reassuring to see that from Granado. And while we all can agree that there's definitely some decisions that leave things left to be desired, by and large, Granado has been pretty solid this season i would say and is definitely a, a a pretty important reason you know in addition to again some of these guys going crazy here this year but granado's a a pretty important reason as to why the team is where they are right now absolutely i think you've seen that since he took over that he's willing to listen and talk to people and those are i mean that's humility humility is super important as a coach especially as a he's not a first-time head coach but a first-time head coach in the nhl so really like what i've seen from him obviously recently and and like you said the way things have they've turned around in multiple ways the power play is a good example but uh, the way that the lines and pairings have definitely looked better as well and you've seen the results of that in uh in recent games i also uh would like to shout out tage thompson and it's something that i realized a couple things tage we've shouted him out every episode he's great 50 points. He reached his 50th point in that Vegas game uh, before Christmas, obviously. It's well, it was like game 32. 
Um, that made yeah. me think of there have been multiple years where the Sabres did not have someone who got to 50 points. I'm thinking specifically of the two last place finishes in 13-14 and 14-15 with Tyler Ennis leading the team in points. He has more goals and points. I know scoring's gone up since then, but that was 82 games. It's been 32. So it's crazy. Just gave him a 50 game head start and he's already well ahead of it. I mean, the 26 goals obviously is incredible as well. So he's third in goals and third in points right now, if I'm not mistaken. And just to show off how he's really not had some unsustainable shooting percentage or some weird quirks. I was looking at some, uh, I think it was the athletics projection for the Art Ross and the Rocket Richard, both of which they have McDavid winning. And they have McDavid getting to 150 points, which would be the first guy since, I think, Lemieux more than, well, well over 20 years ago, closer to maybe like 27 years ago. Anyway, it'd be insane if he did that. Uh, But really encouraging thing. And there is a barely of Tage dropping at all. They have him like, I think fourth in the rocket Richard and sixth in the art Ross. I could be reversing those, but that's, that's awesome. Like to, to see that he's barely uh, even according to people like the, the fancy stats, people who like to, you know, throw water on hot starts are saying that this isn't really that hot of a start, quote unquote. It's just him playing incredibly well. Crazy to imagine that he could, he could surpass his uh, goal total of 38 from last year, which is insane. Last year, we couldn't believe he had 38 goals. Could he pass 38 by like Valentine's Day? Not impossible the way no, things are going now. It's definitely not. And I think it's also important for us to bring up the the news that made the rounds this week. Elliot Freeman dropped, uh, I guess, a low-key bomb, you can call it, on the 32 Thoughts pod that uh, as of two or three years ago, it was reported that a quote-unquote very good team could have traded a fifth-round pick to the Sabres for Tage Thompson. And that, of course, is at the end of Big Head's tenure. So take with that information what you will. But can you imagine, had they had done that and seeing Tage blow up as they would now, I I think if that would have happened and Tage would be having the season he was having now on a contender, I would, I'd probably just quit being a fan of sports because there would be no way that joy or happiness would ever come into my life from a sport ever again should something like that have happened after what's gone down for the past 10 years for this team that's fair i wonder uh it's a weird thing to me though you know i know tage could have been had i mean that's god i would hope so with the way he was playing for some of those years i just find it interesting that he was it felt like they re-signed him to the deal that he's still currently playing under because he was part of the O'Reilly deal. And it's like, you can't just give this way, this guy away for nothing or cut this guy or do whatever, because like, it's too embarrassing that, and that feels like an ownership directive more than anything. So I wonder how much that is. Bottrell was open to it and hadn't really run it by Pagula yet. Or if Pagula would have been cool with it. I don't know. It's an mm-hmm. interesting thing to me. Well, but yeah, thank God that didn't happen. And well, who knows though? Who knows? What if no one ever moved him to the center? It's a I it's mean, a wonder. Well, and speaking of big head too, one other point that I wanted to bring up that Merrick had actually included in the same podcast, and this one 
just makes me hate this man so much more. I hate Bottle as a GM so, so much more. And, oh, I know you're going to say. Yeah, and I, this just like solidifies him and Housley as the worst coach GM duo, I think, in Sabres history. Maybe sports history. Who knows? What about, that, wait, what about him and what about Bottrell Kruger? Oh, yeah, definitely way worse. Never mind. That's 100% <laughs> it. Sorry. Man, it's a competition, um, though. No, it's it's, it's, it's right up there with uh, Tim Murray, Ted Nolan. Good. Uh, Marv Levy, Dick Duran. I think that Botterill was worse. Um. Anyways, the point that I wanted to make that Merrick had brought up, that allegedly leading up to the 2017 draft, all – of Buffalo scouts wanted Martin Nikas, who eventually ended up going to the Carolina hurricanes and he was taken 12th overall. Instead, they of course ended up choosing Casey Middlestat, and it was at the insistence of Jason Botterill that he go against the scouting staff and they take Middlestat over Nikas. We all know about Middlestat's struggles and Nikas on the other hand, has had a really nice start to his NHL career. Going back to his rookie season as a 21-year-old in 2019-2020, he put up 36 points in 64 games. His second year, he put up 41 points in 53 games. Last year, he put up 40 points in 78 games. And this year, he has broken out with 30 points in 32 games thus far. Damn, that's kind of that's kind of production you like to see from a uh, seventh overall pick. Kind of trajectory you like to see. Yeah. In my opinion... Think. I like to see guys get better year over year. Yeah, that's insanely annoying. If your entire scouting staff is united against you in something as important as a first-round pick, and you just got there, you just got there. This is your first draft pick as a GM. And you don't listen to them? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're setting a bad precedent in multiple ways. If I'm a scout, I'm like, what am I even doing here? He's not. It's not like there was a division in the room and he had to choose a side. If if it were to be believed, which it should be because, I mean – Shit, we, it's easy to have blinders on because no one wants to be like, wow, our seventh overall pick sucks. You got to get real down bad as a fan base before you get there. That's how we got there with Jack Quinn. Right. You're wrong, but that's how we got there. By the time Middlestat was there, I don't think Sabres fans were down bad enough. And I, I wasn't. I was excited about Middlestat, but there was a lot, you know, it, there was a lot of, uh, by the time you got up here being like, hmm, uh-oh. Once he looks bad in the NHL for a second or third year. I don't remember exactly when it was. There was questions to be raised. And when this podcast was still blue and gold, make Darlene, I believe one of our guests, TJ Luckman asked, why was Casey Middlestat drafted so high? Just looking at his production. And that's a great question in hindsight. It's a very good question. I think a lot of people would say his best pre NHL moment was the world juniors in 2017. But here's the thing that was after he got drafted. He, was a USHL player, right? It was a US high school player. Mm-hmm. He was he played for Team USA U18. He was in the pipeline for all that, but like shit, what is that worth? <laughs> That's if you mean about it. And then he goes to college with one year, and he doesn't put up crazy production in college, and it's draft plus one year. And it's like in hindsight, that makes sense to me. Like why all these scouts are like, yeah, we'd way rather have this other guy who ended up being good. So I don't, I don't, I think. That really set the tone for the Botchel era. And that, that's the kind of thing we don't know about when it's happening. If we knew everything while it was happening, I would have known that Murray and Botchel were shitty GM so much sooner. And I got off both of them pretty quick, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I would have got off them uh, even quicker. Hearing that shit, like every scout is against you. Why have scouts then if you're so smart? Well, and again, Just I think don't, go- don't have scouts then. Right. And that's you bring up a great point with looking at 
what exactly was the rationale for drafting him? Because of course he had a great tournament there, but you can draft a top 10 pick based on just one tournament. There needs to be the prior production that lines up with that. Wasn't the tournament after he got drafted? It was a 2017 tournament. Actually. Yeah. It was the one in Buffalo in 2017. He'd already been drafted. Huh? So that's also another thing. Your draft plus one world juniors. I do not care. And I never will again because of this. But honestly, you better put up two points a game if you want me to care about your draft plus one juniors. Well, and or you better thing- be like a second round pick who, or later that's showing out. You can't be the seventh overall pick and be like, look at me, my draft plus one year in juniors. Well, and I think the other thing too to bring up is that Nikas ended up going 12. But in addition to him, the very next pick after Nikas was Nick Suzuki. And if you want to talk about production leading up to a draft, Suzuki had, let me see what we had here. He had 96 points in 65 games in the year leading up to his draft. Did he get taken right after Casey or right after Nikas, you said? After Nikas. He was 13th overall to Vegas. <sighs> oh, Which yeah, because he was part Wolf. of – Yeah, because that was a terrible trade. Wasn't that for Tatar? No, that was the Pacioretty trade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tatar came from Detroit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then they said, oh, that's right. They had to attach a first-round pick to get him to take Tatar. Yeah. Man. Vegas, guys, you guys started out so promising. Mm-hmm. I don't want to laugh. They might win the Cup this year. But they probably won't. They probably blow in the first round. Anyway, you heard it here first, folks. But, that, yeah, that, that drove me crazy when I saw it. I, I didn't feel like I could get any more mad at Botro, but I started thinking of the trajectory of Nikas, and it's like, well, he he wasn't going to help his – I mean, the 2017-18 year where they finished last, he wouldn't have been here anyway. And he was just a pretty good role player – or as not role player, but middle six guy the past couple of years for a good team. He wouldn't have become good until like now. Imagine if he was also here right now. Man. Third line. I don't think he would have changed anything in the past though, you know? So like he would have – it, we would have been a little bit more confident last year. We'd have been a little bit more confident when they were uh, the worst team in the league two years ago. But I, I don't know how much else it would change. Also, that's another thing I wanted to mention when I was talking about Tage earlier. They already have more wins than they had two years ago in the 56-game season. Come on. Yeah, they were 15-something <laughs> and something. <laughs> but they were – yeah, they were 15 and 56 games they won. So that's – They've won 16 of 32. I think that's nice. Well, in fact, hey. someday they maybe they'll win 15 uh, before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. If they get good enough. Who knows? You never know. Very true. Very true. Look where they're going right now. I mean, the trajectory is there. The blueprint. Steady there. rise, folks. Who knows? Maybe they go 82 and 0 next year. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the way things are going, Tage is on pace for like, well, like 70 or 80 goals next year. I would say so. I think 80 is probably a, a safe estimate. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not, honestly? I agree. Before we uh, go any further with this talk about uh, our beloved Buffalo Sabres, who, by the way, are off for quite a while right now, uh, they're going to end up playing like two games in like 12 days, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that, or even less. Man, that's it's a nice break now. It's going to be brutal come March, but we'll worry about that come March. Before that, though, let's get to a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 
pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with their code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Now, I mean, DraftKings, honestly, this is one of my times I recommend, you know, getting on there, making, I always say small dollar bets. If you're more comfortable with doing other stuff, do your own thing. But uh, uh, us Western New Yorkers, for us Sabres fans that are here, and maybe even some folks in Southern Ontario, or maybe even the Midwest, maybe even all of North America, might be spending uh, quite a bit of time inside coming up because, oh boy, these next few days look brutal. We just had eight feet of snowfall, not even a month ago, or rough, almost exactly a month ago, actually, in the, the southern parts of Erie County, the Orchard Park, Hamburg, but even like South Buffalo gets hit hard. We got hit a little bit up here in uh, in our area, the Elmwood Village in North Buffalo. But man, this storm, <laughs> the way they're talking about it is even worse. And not to mention, I think like a foot or a foot and a half fell uh, last week after the Bills Dolphins game. But man, this is uh this storm they're talking about now. I've never seen warnings like this from such reputable people. This is not like I people say quote unquote the media hypes up storms or whoever, but this is like the National Weather Service and stuff being like, if you go outside you'll die. Terrible timing with Christmas and everything. But you know what's good timing? There's gonna be some sports on. The very least NFL is gonna be on. The Bills will probably be on. There's college football bowl games hap- happening in tropical places all over the country. And there's, you know, the NBA's on, college basketball's on. There's a lot on at this time of year. And good chance you're off a little bit from work, maybe. So, hey, maybe play some bets. This might be the time to actually, if you haven't done it, get in there, use our promo code and do it. So, hell yeah. Anyway, eventually, though, there will be an end to the snow. Or so they say. <laughs> Eventually, we'll be able to go outside again, <laughs> which I I can't wait. Honestly, <laughs> it's I'm already sick of being inside. This hasn't even happened yet. The storm, but that time, you're gonna look at your your little watch and say, "What time is it? It's almost time for New Year's Eve." Oh shit! I didn't have plans. I was inside making bets for multiple days. I was fading Taylor's picks, and you're gonna be like, "What the hell am I gonna do for New Year's?" <laughs> I'll tell you, what you're gonna do. You're gonna head up. To Thin Man Brewery, 492 Elmwood Avenue. It's the Elmwood location this time. Uh, there is a, a little uh, shindig going on on uh, New Year's Eve. Tickets are available at thinmanbrewery.com. Here's some of the details. It starts at 8 p.m. There's going to be beer, champagne, pizza, wings, music. Good times. I can promise that last one. I was there last year. It was an unbelievable time. Uh, the downstairs house party, there's a – I think this says Chad Locke, but this is a – Interesting. Interesting way this is uh, designed here. This fella and his uh, – I suppose he's a DJ, but Chad Locke, that's what I'm going to say. And if I'm wrong, Yvonne can come yell at me. Upstairs, <laughs> spooky sets with Spooky Steven. I like the Spooky Steven guy already. I just found out about him. Spooky I really like him. Spooky Steven. Yeah, I like spooky guys. So it's uh, VIP open bar, general admission. 
You get your tickets at thinmanbrewery.com, but don't wait. Don't be like I just said right now and wait till after the storm passes. Get on there now because there is a limited amount of tickets available. So buy them as soon as possible. And uh, hey, it's a great time. Anything else you want to add about Thin Man, bud? Love Thin Man. Oh, well, uh, actually, we can't say it quite yet, but the date of our first trivia night is very, very close to being finalized, and we will hopefully have that after Christmas. We will have the the date that we could finally like formally announce that. So make sure you guys keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Yep, yep. Should be a good time. Should be good. I'm already thinking of questions uh, throughout the day, pretty much every day. So mm-hmm. anyway... Hit up Thin Man. And, you know, in the meantime, if you're hearing this before the storm, maybe you want to head in there or the other location on Chandler Street and uh, stock up on some beer. I know. Or, you know, there's also beer in grocery stores. I know I get my Thin Man beer mostly at uh, Dash's. But, hey, wherever you want to go, grocery stores can be pretty crazy right before Christmas and right before a blizzard. And it is. Those things are meeting together right now. So I, I don't want to know what that's going to look like these next couple mm-hmm. days. Anyway, uh. So that's going to be I'm kind of an annoying thing, Brendan. We we got to talk about how the game Friday has been postponed. I was pretty excited because I was feeling like this was a huge opportunity for the team. They beat Vegas in a game that's probably hard to repeat just because of how good UPL was in it. Uh, and this is going to be a chance for them to uh, win a game. It's one of the games that gets a huge home crowd, a lot of rowdy, excited people. It's Christmas Eve Eve or Festivus, as some people call it uh gen x people call it uh and i think tampa bay is not i want to say vulnerable they're more vulnerable than they've been but they're more beatable to me than boston or carolina or a lot of these teams i mean i even think vegas is probably better than them this year i thought that was a, a huge opportunity going into that game to really kind of cement themselves as a serious playoff contender and now they're not going to get the chance to and it was the right call by the NHL, by the way. I don't blame them. I'm sure the Sabres are actually probably excited that they were not going to get stuck here and were able to go home for a longer holiday break. But did you feel that way too? Like you, you kind of think that there was an opportunity to. Yeah, kinda... absolutely. I did. I mean, look, you won four in a row here. You're starting to get some granted it's been you know two games apiece for for anderson and for upl but you're starting to get some some solid goaltending in there on a consistent basis which is great i think it would have been a really good test for upl too i mean yes he had that win against the avalanche but they were pretty banged up you're playing against vegas and of course vegas did outplay them as you had mentioned and outshot them but you're also missing jack eichel in that game as well and so it felt like it would have been a really good opportunity to put upl out there and really see how he was going to stack up in a pretty big divisional game like that so it is unfortunate to see that however with that being said though with these last two games coming up before the end of the year and then on top of that the slate of games that they have to start the new year big opportunity for them to i would say not only make up ground but to your point really establish themselves as being a legitimate playoff team coming out of the gate in the second half of the season here. I mean, we haven't even reached the halfway point yet, but you get my point here. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing again, like obviously Columbus and Detroit, those are two games that we're hoping that we're going to be able to walk away with that puts them four games over 500 going into the new year. And 
again, I will also say they are currently four points back of the Islanders, but the Islanders have one more game played than the Sabres have to date. So going to be really exciting to see this gap again. Like there's some teams that are going to pass them in terms of games played, but January is going to be massive. Like January is the month where we are going to just like find out what team we have here. It's going to make or break them where they are at the end of January is going to determine what the rest of the year is going to look like. And so a really, really, really exciting stretch of games coming up that I can't wait to be talking to you about twice a week, Taylor. Oh, hell yeah. And it will be twice a week. This, uh, this is no Monday episode thing. The holidays get a little hectic, so maybe people didn't even notice we didn't have an episode Monday. The holidays get hectic, co-hosts get sick, things happen, you know? Yeah, so I actually am wondering now, I don't know if we should be wondering about this aloud in the podcast, are we doing a Monday episode next week? What should we tell the listeners about that? That's a TBD. Yeah, that's a TBD because Sunday is Christmas and there's going to be a blizzard. However... There's a good chance if it's out, if we have a Monday show, it's out either later on Monday or on Tuesday. So we'll see, I suppose, on that one. We'll post uh, something on social are, media. We will, yeah. We'll, we'll tweet about it. Uh, and uh, also, the Sabres aren't playing in that time. But we might have a you know a nice holiday episode. So is that uh, any, anything else you have uh, on these, uh, these Sabres fellas? I don't think that there needs to be any further discussion set on what I'm about to say, but I just wanted to bring it up because we were briefly talking about it before the show because it has been making the rounds. If we have any listeners in Montreal or any Canadians fans who might be listening to this episode, know the Buffalo Sabres are not trading you, Devin Levi. Stop I mean, why it. would they? Stop it with this. I th- That, for those of you who haven't looked like, heard about it look it up on twitter it's been making the rounds it was either a radio show or a podcast like i don't know what it was but somebody was speaking in french on it i do not speak french but those who do or were able to translate it had said that there are reports that the canadians are trying to go after devin levi i do not see any kind of a scenario where the sabers trade him at all none unless you're trading for like a proven young goalie that is already starting in the nhl or something I don't think that there is any scenario where they move him and rightfully so too many question marks right now in goal. And he seems about, he seems like he is about as sure a thing as they've had in a while. Obviously there is no such thing as a sure thing when it comes to a goalie, but with what his numbers have been, I know he's been in a little bit of a lull these past few games for Northeastern, but the player that he's shown himself to be when he's shown up on bigger stages as well, there's just, there's no chance they're moving him. I, I think it's a fallacy to think that the Sabres would move him, let alone move him within the division to a team like Montreal that also has goaltending woes right now. Yeah, I mean, that's – I feel like the only way they trade him is if he's like, I'm not playing for you, which he that, – that doesn't seem to jive with what's been going on. And even then, you wouldn't trade him to Montreal. And it wouldn't even happen right now. You, it also would not happen right now. No. Yeah, it would happen in the summer. And again, they're not going to move him regardless. I don't think. I no, I think they, he's getting he's getting signed in April. Yes, or whenever they lose, could yeah. be before April. So, uh, do you have any recommendations for the people? Do I have any recommendations? Um, actually, I do. I don't know if you did. You watch Wednesday? Nope. Not yet. I did. I didn't mind it. I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I like Jenna Ortega. She was really, really good in it. And I thought that it was a really interesting adaptation of 
the Adams family in general. I mean, obviously it's focused on Wednesday, but I really liked it. I thought it was good. I enjoyed watching it. So I'd recommend people go check that out. Good little take on the Adams family. And there's going to be a second season of it too. I'm pretty sure. So worth checking out. It was a good watch. Definitely. What do you got? So, you know, a lot of times I recommend movies on here is usually, it may be something I just saw in theaters and I, I say, you know, you know, whatever, go, you know, we'll, we'll watch it. It's if you like X or Y or whatever. Uh, and sometimes I've said, I think maybe see it in theaters, but I, I, I'm a proponent of seeing things in theaters, but there's a lot of movies that you can watch at home and it's a de- decently similar experience. There's some that are better on theaters, but this is, this is one folks, you got to not just see it in theaters. You have to see it in some kind of special 3d RPX. One of those uh, acronyms, avatar way of water. You what a fucking it. movie. Yeah, I saw great. it uh, last Friday. It is unbelievable. And let me, because uh, if you're someone right now who saw the original Avatar and wasn't a huge fan, let me tell you now, I saw it in 2009. I was one of the many people who did not remember shit about it, <laughs> which I have a whole theory on now that I've, I rewatched it. I had to rewatch it last week around this time just to be like, oh, I got to remember what happened in this movie. And I rewatched it. I also wanted to reappraise it because I saw it as a junior in high school. And I was like, you know what? That had a lot to like about it. Seeing it at home, you don't get all the... Uh, the little attention to detail. It is unbelievable how this movie looks. And I only saw it in regular 3D. So I say, if you can avoid 2D, try to avoid 2D, see it in 3D. Uh, but there's also a million options out there now when I realized when I was looking at this movie. Uh, and you're going to have more space to see it now that it's not the opening week. So that's good. There'll be more openings in the the 3Ds and the other showings. Man, just... The, I've, I've always been not that big of a fan of 3D. Uh, it's it's kind of hard for my eyes to get used to sometimes, but also because original 3D, like Jaws 3D or the One Nightmare on Elm Street with its 3D, is a lot of just like reaching towards the camera and being like, whoa, it's coming right at you. And I felt like there hadn't been a lot of 3D movies in my life that improved upon that at all. And maybe I wasn't just wasn't giving the technology enough of a chance, but this is mind blowing what what you can see with this. And I have said many times in this podcast, this is a time when a lot of the most expensive movies uh, look like shit for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that phenomenon's going on, but James Cameron does not uh, miss on that kind of stuff. He he's he's a rare director these days that is allowed to see his vision through, and his vision is so. Um, it, Large. It's the be- I, I wish I had a better synonym, but it's almost midnight. Uh, but it's huge. It, it's just like all-encompassing vision he has. And uh, apparently it all just comes from his dreams, which is insane. But I really respect that guy, even though I didn't even love the first Avatar or Titanic. I love a lot of what he's done in the past. And this movie is so worth it. Uh, and uh, my last take on it is this is the best year for blockbusters in I don't know how many years. I didn't look it up before this. But there were three like dynamite blockbusters this year in Avatar, Nope, and Top Gun. And I can't say that there's been another year where there's even been close so to everything that. everywhere all at once. Not a blockbuster. It doesn't qualify. I would say no. No, it's an indie. It's an indie. Oh, it was, yeah, that's fair. It's my yeah. pro- maybe still my favorite of the year. Uh, but no, I don't think I don't think that counts as a blockbuster. It's not uh, expensive enough as a, mm. to be. I think there's and it's not, it didn't get a wide enough release at first. I don't think so. Even though it has, I thought it didn't it sell it. really well, though. Oh, it did very well. Yeah, that's part of why. That's it's what I was kind of basing book. it on. Not so much. No, the... it still even with how it did, it did very, it did unbelievably well for the size of the movie, but it didn't do like blockbuster well. Okay, you know I, mean? I got you. I got you. 
All right. Well, good recommendation. I haven't seen the first one, but maybe this is the kick in the ass. I need to check it out. Yeah, it's a thumbs up. All right. Well, there you go. Who's your random savers player of the episode? Uh, Curtis Brown. Cool. I'm going to go with his teammate, Rhett Warner. Nice. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows and make sure you're following both of the presenters on social media where you can also find us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Straight Up Sabres. Find us, follow us. We'd very much appreciate it. And again, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Music, Wherever you're listening, drop us a review, a rating, whatever it may be. Make sure you're following us or subscribe to us. We would very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast, First Draft Kings. Use that promo code THPN at checkout. Take advantage of some great deals and do some betting over the holiday season. And make sure you're hitting up Thin Man Brewery for whatever your pre- or post-holiday celebrations are going to be you will not regret it thin man is always a great place to be i had watched the bills game there actually on saturday that you had attended and it was a great time everybody thank you so much for tuning in have a happy holidays if you're celebrating christmas this weekend merry christmas to you we'll talk to you next week this has been straight up savers